So, James, thanks for having me out today, and I appreciate you uh, giving us a tour of, of Oklahoma, Oklahoma City, and um, how are you? Great. Thanks for coming all the way from Moses Lake, Washington, to visit us. Is this the first time you've been to Oklahoma? It is. It actually is. This is one of those we can check off our box now. So, um, we had a wonderful trip here, and the, the weather's been good so far, so it's a lot nicer than it is in Moses Lake, so we're excited to be here. Um, so you explain, you're the executive director of the, of the Free Market Medical Association. You and I kind of, I, I got to know you through Dr. Smith of the Surgery Center of Oklahoma. And, you know, thank you for introducing me to him today and having lunch with him today. That was great. Um, so tell me a little bit about, about your position at the executive, as executive director in the Free Market Medical Association. Yeah, well, I guess we'd like to think that Oklahoma City is kind of the mecca of the free market medical movement in the U.S., we we feel like in a lot of ways because Dr. Smith really um, <clears throat> cast a ripple effect throughout the country when he started posting his prices online. And he had done that and had been offering cash prices for a number of years and got most of his uh, his patients from Canada and other cash payers, right? And so eventually someone introduced him to Jay Kempton, who is uh, president of the Kempton Group. That's the office where we are now. Okay. Um, <clears throat> the Kempton Group is a third-party administrator, uh, independent third-party administrator that works with self-funded employers. And when those two guys met, it really gave birth, I guess, to the Free Market Medical Association because um, you had a direct quality free market relationship between a seller of healthcare and a buyer of healthcare because Jay represented the buyer from the standpoint of a cash paying employer, which is the largest group of people that have skin in the game, as we've talked about, that, that have the sticker shock of, you know, high outrageous medical costs because right. they're the ones paying the bill for the most part. Outside the government, the employers are paying the bills for most people. Um, so they met, and then around 2014, yeah, about 2014, I think, they decided to form the Free Market Medical Association as, a, as an outreach, you know, evangelistic tool, I guess you would say, for what they were doing, because they were getting all kinds of calls and requests from people all, all over the country to say, well, how are you guys doing this in Oklahoma? Can we do it in Texas or Virginia or Pennsylvania? And so um, that's why they chose to start this organization. And I've been the executive director since April of this year and uh, came on board. I met Dr. Smith about three years ago at a Mises Institute event where I also am the chief, I guess, fundraiser development director for the Mises Institute, which is a free market economic um, research institute. And so really the beauty of this for me is that what the FMMA is doing and what you know Dr. Smith is doing is applying the theory of free market economics to real world, a real world area that affects everyone, especially you know, in the United States and healthcare being in the state that it is. <clears throat> because we've known philosophically or thought, we believe, you know, historically that 
you know, government intervention and um, um, subsidies, regulations have destroyed the healthcare system. And we've, we've created all these intermediaries between the buyers and the sellers. You know, the doctor-patient relationship has been split for many years. Doctors have become employed by big hospitals, primarily because those hospitals have gotten subsidies and, and special privileges from the state or from the federal government. So those things didn't just happen in a vacuum. They didn't just happen um, in the free market from our, our perspective. So the, what, what I feel like is great about what we're doing is that we are basically having an alternative to the current system. Like we're really sort of a, a, a um, all of all the members of the Free Market Medical Association, for the most part, are operating outside, to some extent, outside of the current model. And so that's that's exciting to me. That's really exciting. You know, one thing I noticed when we were driving away from the oh, the surgery center of Oklahoma, and you mentioned. Um, you mentioned the ripple effect that Dr. Smith has had, and, and you know, I, you know, when you see, you know, Dr. Smith has been on, you know, Fox News, national, national type news, Time Magazine, all kinds of things, um, because he was kind of an innovator in it, and you know, one of the first ones to kind of go out, you know, to what 1997, go out on a limb and say, well, wait a minute, I think, I think, you know, having a cash price option is, is there's a market for it. And talk about the ripple effect. So I, I noticed driving away from there, you know, there was a sign about the, um, the ER that he talks about that, that he kind of has a partnership with. Um, not, not necessarily a partnership, but yeah, he, right. he, yes. he works with them. I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a cash right. ER. Yeah. And one of the things that I've always, <clears throat> you know, one of the things I wrestle with when I think about um, our healthcare system or that everybody wrestles with, maybe a lot of people, is that, well, how do we how do we really deal with emergencies? I mean, you know, emergencies are expensive and, you know, but I think that probably that ER, I'm guessing that ER that's in, that's in Oklahoma city and, you know, offer cash pricing, they probably do that because of Dr. Smith. You yeah. Know? And I look at that just like, you know, every other market when, when some new innovation is introduced, you know, there's always a, a higher cost in the beginning before it's adopted by more and more people. So let's just say, for instance, the first time someone figured out how to replace someone's knee, the cost of that was probably very high and not many people had it done, right? right? But now that people get knees replaced, uh, who knows how many thousands of knees are replaced every day. Right, right. That's day. a pretty predictable, like it, the, as technology grows and you know we, we get better at doing things, there's less uncertainty. And yeah. it's just the same with the ER situation. I mean, human, like, yes, there is uncertainty, but there's always, le if the free market is working, there's always going to be less and less uncertainty. So you just deal with those uncertain, you know, the limited uncertainties. Yes, there's uncertainty, but there's not near as much uncertainty as people would like for us to believe. Right, right. And a lot of it is predictable and price priceable. I mean, price shopping is not, should be some big surprise. Um, so you believe that, you believe then that the one of the big changes or one of the big ways to change the system is through a free market? 
I think it's the only way to change this. I mean, the system, the way it is, has not worked. Let's yeah. put it that way. So trying to do more of what hasn't worked is, um, you know, people will like to say that, well, the reason our U.S. system is so expensive is because we have all this profit, you know, and profit is sort of the buzzword for the free market. Like, okay, profit is the reason why it's in a bad shape that if it was all like charity and non-profit then everything would work well but what they always forget about when they when people talk about the free market is that the opposite of profit is loss and so an entrepreneur if they're not good at what they do they're going to lose and so the the I think the key way to know that the free market is not working is that there aren't enough people visibly going out of business. Like in every other area, businesses are opening and closing all the time. And I guess that's one of the, you know, cases against the free market that people will make, some economists and, and just general people might make, is that, well, we don't want our hospital to go out of business. But that's that's essentially what... Yeah, the government has done is they have propped up nonprofit hospitals, and even the fact that we have nonprofit hospitals—that's that's a fairly new phenomenon because that came about with the Antala laws in the '80s. That you know, conservative President Ronald Reagan, you know, it was a it was a handout to the hospitals where they said you have to accept all patients, regardless of their ability to pay. But for you to do, if you're going to do that, we're going to subsidize you. And so they created this bad incentive program for the prices to go to skyrocket after that point. Because if the government is subsidizing your loss, you know, well, I want my losses to look really bad. You know? Well, and, and you say nonprofit hospitals, and let's not forget that in a lot of those nonprofit, some of them are private and some of them are public. And even the non-profit public hospitals, I think it's a good example. Um, you know, in our local area, we probably have six or seven, and a lot of them are those Intala hospitals you're talking about that are in small, tiny towns that probably don't need a hospital anymore because of the way our economies have changed and the way it's easier to travel and stuff. Oh, yeah. Yet, those hospitals have a loss, they, they, you know, because... They're being subsidized and saved without a free market. And in a free market, you're right, there would be loss. Also, let's talk about pricing in a free market. So you're talking about, you know, with a knee surgery example, you know, it gets it gets kind of easier and less cost and, and less costly every time the more times you do it. So in a free market, we shouldn't have a, a, you know astronomical escalation of prices, correct? No, I, I don't think so. And in fact, every other market where there's not a lot of regulation, government interference, prices to, do tend to fall because more, I mean, as if prices are high, then you have more competitors enter the market. So the, the thing that the government has done for, you know, more than 50 years is they've either, they have restricted the supply by creating whether it's licensing certificate of needs or regulations to limit the supply so obviously in the free market you have supply and demand and they they balance each other out and if if the supply is not there and that makes 
you know, something more expensive than an entrepreneur is going to say, well, I want a piece of that. Right. So they create, they fill that demand. Well, that, that ability is not there in healthcare the way it is in other, you know, more free market things. So what do you think? What do you and think? the demand side, I meant to go into that, but the, oh, demand, yeah, the demand side is obviously when, when you have a third party payer system that artificially increases the demand for things if someone else is paying the bill. So with Medicare, especially, you know, came about, they sold that to doctors by saying, well, whatever you charge, we'll pay. And what business owner wouldn't like that setup? Well, if I start a business, I get customers and somebody else pays for it. Hey, that sounds really good. Of course, that artificially, you know, created demand that then had to be restricted. So it's been one intervention after another that, you know, HMO, you know, PPOs, all these things came about after Medicare to try to like limit the usage of, right. of right. you know, healthcare. And of course, you know, we, we can get more into that, but sorry. Well, no, no, that's great. Thank you. And I, I, I think that's a big point. And I write about it in my book. You know, my book was just published a couple of weeks ago sick and how the government ruined healthcare and how to fix it. And I think most of these things can be attributed, most of these problems in our system can be attributed to government intervention. And I think artificial demand is, is one of the big ones. And what do we hear all the time? You know, we, we hear politicians talk all the time about how there's a shortage of doctors, there's gonna be a shortage of pharmacists, nurses, there's a shortage of all these healthcare workers. So they're increasing you know, funding to the medical schools and there's more medical schools opening up, they're increasing the slots, they're graduating more doctors. When in reality, in my opinion, there's an artificial demand created by a system because consumers aren't paying the bill. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we have a shortage of any medical care providers or any hospitals. I think in fact, we have a glutton of all of them. And if in a, in a true free market, we probably would need 50% of them or even more. Probably yeah, and the, the key economic point to make is that government intervention always creates a misallocation of resources. So it's not necessarily that, like you say, that, uh, you know, that there's not enough. It's just that the resources are not allocated into the best possible use at the right time the, in a free market that that will occur organically um so what do you think about quality so we talk about price we're talking about price and demand and what do you think about quality i mean in a, in a free market can we have good quality i think you always have better quality and, and quality always improves because, you know the customers are not going to pay for bad quality the only reason why we can have bad and we do have a lot of bad quality in healthcare today is because the quality is hidden like you know, like, or the, the, it's, it's masked in such a way that quality doesn't necessarily get exposed the way it does in the free market. That, you know, if you go to the hospital and they do something wrong, you know, in, if a restaurant messes up your order and the food, they're, they're incentivized to like get it right and not charge you more. In the medical care, they do something wrong. You get an infection. They have to do something else. And charge it. They charge it. It's like it's the most backward, you know, system. That, like I, this doesn't happen in the free market. And, and, I'm telling you. you know, I think, and when I explain it to to anybody, I, <laughs> healthcare is like no other market. 
when there's when there's a third party payer involved and somebody else is paying for for um, something that somebody else is getting the benefit for. I mean, just the the free markets are race. So you can have quality go down and, and consumers don't think they can do a lot about it unless they can find other options. And I, I think that's what one of my goals is, is to educate and empower people mm-hmm. that there are other options out there. They don't have to take 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 what their, um, you know, just t- what their insurance says is, well, I got to go to this doctor, I got to go to this clinic. Um, and for that matter, they don't have to take the insurance from their employer. They can decide on their own if they want it or not. And they can negotiate with their employer whether they want insurance or whether they want to buy their own. Because I think there's a lot of other options out there beyond traditional health insurance that are better because it gives the consumer more power in their decisions in their health care. Yeah, and ultimately, if we're going to try to turn the ship around, outside of just letting the free market work, I don't think the government's ever going to let the free market work, but what we're trying to do with the FMMA is have the free market work outside of that. Okay, so that works. People are finding out about it. They're sending their employees and and people are coming from all over the place to the the free market um, medical providers out there. But other than that, the only thing that we might be able to do from a broader perspective is to just try to push down the responsibility to the lowest level, you know, decentralize as much as possible. I think there are some people out there trying to do that, this healthcare for you um, initiative that the Job Creators Network is doing that we we endorse what what they're saying, at least in principle, is that, you know, the goal is that, you know, people, patients should be empowered if you're going to if you're going to have health savings accounts, for instance, they should be a lot more. Um, they should be broader. Like we should expand if we're going to use health savings accounts. They we should be able to put as much into a health savings account as I would normally need to spend on healthcare in a year. Which like the average family of four now spends, or the average premium is like twenty thousand dollars a year. Right. So why should I not at least have the freedom? to put $20,000 a year into some sort of uh, account on my own or have my employer do it, be able to opt out of my, like you said, uh, opt out of my employer health plan and say, I, I want to take it on myself to find the low cost, high right. uh, value person out there and not even use you know, the standard one size fits all health healthcare plan insurance model which insurance is a great thing for those uncertain events you know high cost low probability events that you know I don't expect my house to burn down on you know a monthly basis so I'm going to invest money to 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 prevent that cat, um, you know, catastrophe from happening, or make sure it doesn't financially ruin me, we need those options. Right. So we need a lot more flexibility, a lot more freedom in how we buy healthcare. And that's really the really the heart of free market medical association is changing the way people buy healthcare. Well, and think about you know the house is a good, good example. I mean, think about how little it really costs to even insure a five hundred thousand dollar house. <clears throat> You know, compared to how much it costs to insure 
one person a year. It's ten times the cost. Yeah. Which the reality, the reality of something bad happening to your healthcare is about the maybe the same statistics as your house burning down. So it, it is really rare, and we do need insurance for those reasons. So um, yeah, you know, it might it might sort of factor into some other conversations that we've had about just chronic disease and chronic yeah, care. And exactly. because that's one of the problems is that there's so much chronic illness. Like acute care, you can you can definitely um, insure that. Like you know, what's the what are the odds that I'm going to break my leg or have a heart attack? Right. You know, like at least now when I'm younger. If, if I'm the one with the skin in the game and I'm the one with the sticker shock, I'm more likely to invest in the health, my health now, so I don't have those events later in the future. So right. I'm going to eat better now. I'm going to go to the gym more now. And so, But we have all these bad incentives throughout yeah. healthcare. I mean, a, a, you know, a good example I use in my book, a good quote in my book I have is... Um, you know, the best health insurance we have is not something that we can buy. It's, you know, how we take care of ourselves, mm -hmm. how we eat, how we exercise, how we take care of our bodies. So, well, great. Um, I've, I love, I love chatting with you. Thanks for taking the time. Anything you'd like to end with on our, on our little interview here? Well, um, yeah, we, we have an annual conference that's coming up the end of April and it's going to be in Dallas, the Dallas area. Um, it's primarily for, Really, uh, you know, our members, whether it's, you know, employers, um, providers, uh, doctors, surgeons, those type of people. So if there's any, any, anyone that's interested in sort of learning about, you know, maybe they want, maybe it's a physician that wants to get out of the employee-employer relationship that are, they're in, <laughs> you know, maybe they would be interested in joining the FMMA, coming to the conference, or if they are a business, you know, an employer that is like throwing their hands up to say, you know, my health care costs keeps going up every year, and what do I do about it? This conference is going to be a good place where we're going to highlight employers that have made a difference and they're actually containing the cost of their health care. Their, their employees are getting healthier. They're figuring out ways to keep their employees out of the hospital, which is the, where the big cost comes. And so they're doing a lot of like disease management, working with direct primary care physicians that are building a better relationship, you know, with, with their patients right. so they can actually prevent those, you know, future catastrophic things that it's just all about eliminating uncertainty. And we want to do that as much as possible. So awesome. Thanks. So um, I'm a member of the Free Market Medical Association and we will be there in Dallas in April. What are the exact dates? You remember April 30th through May 2nd. April 30th through May, May 2nd, the annual conference of Free Market Medical Association. Thank you, James. Thanks. Appreciate all right. it. All right. Take thanks. care.